many of you are sick, many of you have struggled, and many of you are dealing with issues that you don't know how to get out of it or what it is that you can do. This message with the title, Heal the Sick, is for you today. God has a message for you, God has a plan for you, and God longs to heal you. You know it, you want it, but how do you get there? Well, Jesus actually talks right here to the disciples, right before he's ascended to heaven, how he's going to do that. It's in Mark 16, and we're starting at verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. This is important. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. This is spoken with in authority. This is for those that are believers. This is for you. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and here it is, and they will recover. Does this work today? Is this only supposed to be during Jesus' time or Paul's time or during the New Testament or is it supposed to be for today? Well, if you actually really look at the scriptures, it's supposed to be for all the time. So I chose to take that to heart. So I prayed for somebody just a couple of months ago right here at the studio, right outside here that was limping very strongly. And I prayed for him, and I asked what happened, and he said he had a sprained ankle. And I heard God say, pray for him. And I'm like, no. And I heard God say again, pray for him. I said, Lord, I have five shows today. I don't have time. Can you believe that? Time to pray for this person. But it was so strong. I walked over to this man, knew nothing about him, thought I was going to be rejected. Asked, sir, can I pray for you? You're, you're limping, you're hurting. And he said, yes. And I prayed for his ankle. And he went on. He started limping. He talked to somebody else. This lady, while he's passing her, says, you're limping. He says, yeah, my foot really hurt. And I'm speaking out loud. No, we're not accepting that pain any longer. The entire day of filming went by. And then at the end of the day, I am walking to my car. And at the exact same moment... Here is the man that had the sprained ankle in the morning, a man I don't even recognize, walking extremely fast to his car. I look at him, he looks at me, and we both start realizing who we are. We both start laughing. I said, turn back to God. He healed you today. It was amazing. I saw God lengthen my leg when somebody prayed for me on the phone that I never even told I had one short leg, leg, one leg shorter than the other and had back pain all the time. It's all gone. So I have seen it. I've experienced it. I've prayed for it. And then I received this phone call about two months ago. It was a prayer call that came in. And this was it. She says, hi, this was a father. I am from Jamaica. My nine-year-old son is in the hospital in New York with his mother. We are happily married, but she's in the hospital there. Our nine-year-old son has brain cancer. Can you help? And we started praying. We started believing. We called in prophets. We did everything we could. We would know how. He was given 48 hours to live. 
we kept praying, we kept committing, we kept worshiping, we kept, even during my travels, we're still praying in Israel, in Holland, all for this mother in Jamaica that was living in New York with her son. We prayed over him, we cast out things, we did it all. It was an amazing time. And then all the way, two months later, this young boy is still alive. And he is still there, he's on a ventilator. And you hear the hospital beeps going and the sounds and all this stuff. <coughs> she said, it's not going so well. And we said, no, we're not going to accept. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. And while I'm praying that morning, that Saturday morning, just a week ago, and while we're praying together, I hear a small voice say to me, he does not want to come back. And I ignored it. I knew that he already was in heaven. I knew what it meant, but I was like, no, 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 let us pray harder. And hours later, I got the call. He has died. And I'm like, God, why? Why is this happening? Why? He was so young. And God reminded me that he did not want to come back. And while I felt defeated and struggled and frustrated, and was, should I go pray for the sick again? Even if I had seen the complete opposite, God said, never stop. And that afternoon, the mother called me, thanking me that I had been with her for those two months, praising the Lord. And she was okay. So how does this work? Why are some people who are healed and some people are not? What is the struggle that goes on between? And what is it that we can do about it? Didn't Jesus heal everybody that he saw? Didn't Jesus took care of all of them? All that were prayed for were healed. Even one person he prayed for twice was healed. What is it that we're missing and how can we turn it around? It talks about this in the New Testament and it talks about it in the Old Testament. And as we look right here in Matthew 9, it talks about Jesus that he heals and he explains the difference because what so often is used in the churches and the chains that they're talking about is like there is salvation. We believe that instantly. We believe it is now and I believe it's for everybody. But healing, if it doesn't happen the way we plan it, we're going to say, ah, we pat him on the shoulder. Don't worry about it. It must be God's will that he suffered. There must be a reason for his sacrifice. That is a bunch of baloney. That is not of God. Because doesn't it say in God's word he wants to heal all? Listen to this right here. And they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed, seeing their fate. Jesus said to the paralytic, take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Salvation right there. And some of the scribes said to themselves, this fellow blasphemies. They didn't like what he had to say. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? And guess what Jesus does next? He does Boat. The man walks and his sins are forgiven. Jesus says as well, salvation is for today as healing is for today. It is for both. So how do you go about that? It has to do with benefits. It has to do with confession. It has to do for us to learn how God wants us to move forward with this. Stay tuned. There is a lot more to this. And in the meantime, if you want to call us, the number is 
5550 or go to our website barbtv.org. God does not want to leave you in the position Satan tries to keep you. Barb TV, the stories we bring, the problems we show, the solutions we present are real. They are raw and they are authentic. The stories we share are with real people. Are you struggling? Or do you know someone that has problems? We want you to know that you are not alone. Many can relate. Are you afraid? God wants to give you peace. Do you feel unloved? Know that God loves you. God wants to give you love, peace, joy, and hope. It's all about the real deal. Barb TV wants to share with you its resources, answers, and hope. It is time to not live in a mediocre life, but for you to step into your full potential. God has great plans for you. We have great answers, resources, and hope. BarbTV.org or 855-515-5550. So does God still heal today? And the answer is yes, but why are some not there and some others are? And I want to share with you right here out Psalm 103, the Old Testament talks about healing and the New Testament talks about healing. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. What benefits are we talking about? We're talking about healing. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about eternal life. We're talking about abundance. Satan wants to steal from you. Satan wants to kill from you. And Satan wants to destroy even your future generation. We fall for the symptoms. We start listening to them and we come into agreement with them. Just this last couple of weeks, I just got back from Holland and Israel. I was there and I took the flight back, I had a fantastic time, it was great, we had a wonderful time, it was a blessed time, God used it, God touched it, it was amazing. I get home, what's the first thing that hits? Jet lag, jet lag, nine hour time chains, jet lag hits, and I keep saying, not accepting jet lag. The second day I'm there, my employee says she cannot work for me for one week. Now I'm doing double shifts of work. No time to take an hour nap in the afternoons when you don't sleep all night long. All that disappeared. No sleep, double shifts, and it gets busy. Then the accountant tells me we owe an extra $10,000 in taxes. I have no clue where it's coming from. You're like, wow. And that's the moment, my friend, I let my guard down. I got the worst cold I can remember. I was sick for 10 days. I had a cold sore, huge, on my face that was so ugly. Couldn't breathe at night, had to sit up, was coughing, sneezing, the whole nine yards. I don't have to give you details, you know what I'm talking about. Was sick, fever, everything, and still had to work. Still couldn't stop, no sleep, everything kept continuing. And that was for 10 days. What did I do with the symptoms? Instead of declaring God's wholeness over me, instead of declaring what God had for me, instead of declaring healness, I held on to the symptoms. The symptoms became my pity party. I actually started bragging about my symptoms. Oh my goodness, I have been sick. I haven't slept for 10 days. I am coughing, I'm sneezing. When is this cold going to go away? God help me. Oh, I'm so sick. I feel so miserable. Wow, you know? I believed more in the symptoms than I believed in God's word. And right at the end of the sickness, this young man that I told you about in the first segment, 
he dies, I pick up a book by T.L. Osborne that is talking about healing as a common thing that happens all the time and that it should be for every and each person. And to not dwell on the symptoms because we come into agreement what Satan wants to push us into instead of into agreement what God's Word says. Benefits? They're huge. Now it talks in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament about this. I want to give you more. It says right here in Isaiah why we can claim this. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And here it is, my friend. And by his scorching, ouch, 39 times. But this is why he did it. We are healed. We are healed. The price has already been paid. He paid for your salvation and he paid for your healing. No exception. No exception. And it says it again here. In Exodus, but you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless you, bread and your water, and he will remove sickness from your midst. So how come we're still sick today? What is the problem? The New Testament talks about it. Because in the New Testament it says here, and he himself bore, right in 1 Peter, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed. Wow, what? Salvation, eternal life, and again, healing in one. It is for both. He paid the price. He already did it. So when I hear people put a hand on a shoulder and said, I'm so sorry for your suffering, but there must be a reason that God allowed that. It is okay. Don't worry about it and just keep going. And there must be a reason for your sickness. That is not of God. It is a lie from hell. It is not what God wants you to have. He wants you to have freedom. He wants you to step into it. I want you to shout right now. I want you to jump up right now and say, Amen. Come into agreement with the word of God and see the difference that is going to start to take place. There's more. <laughs> There's so much more. Because then in Matthew, in Matthew we see how to do it. Now I've seen people do it. I've heard of people talk about it. I have watched people do it. I've seen it myself. And yet we wonder. Heidi Baker prayed for 200 people that were blind. None of them were healed. She never quit. Now it's normal. She cried out to God. And what I want you to know, it's so important. If you are not serious about your prayer, or if there is doubt in your voice, that's not going to work. Because over and over, God talks in the Bible that you have to believe and have the faith. Jesus was talking that there were villages he could do very little healing. Why? Because they did not have faith in him. We're talking about the son who is demon-possessed, who has seizures. And the father says, help my unbelief, Jesus. Help my unbelief. And he's healed right on the spot. 
So how do you remove that doubt? How do you go about that? And how do you turn it around when everything against you is right there? Well, right during my cold, I got a big cyst right above my eye. It's actually still a little bit there. It's going away right now. And the first reaction I had, what my husband said, was go to the doctor right now. That is weird. It's different. It's big. And I was about to make the phone call to the doctor. And I'm not saying never go to a doctor. I'm not saying stop medicine. That's not what I'm saying here. But I focused on the symptoms instead of on the word of God. And then I caught myself. I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to do the doctor quite yet right now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to declare. I'm going to believe. Because I know Jesus already paid the price for what took place. And I prayed. <clears throat> when evening came in Matthew, when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. There's a little bit more to that. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity and transform to a vibrant, active believer, what are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. It is an exciting opportunity, and you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So if you're sick, if you're struggling, if you're hurting, this is for you. This is the most important part. I want you to take this to heart and I want you to listen close. First of all, if you're a believer and you have people pray over you and nothing happens, there is doubt in your heart and it is you keeping yourself back from what God wants to give you. Because He wants to give you the abundant life. He doesn't want to steal from you. He doesn't want to take from you anything. Doesn't that say in the scripture when Jesus taught us to pray, to pray the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, on heaven, on earth as it is in heaven? Isn't heaven perfect? Has all the prices already been paid for? Absolutely. Did Jesus already bore the sins? Yes. It's already been paid for. It's already been done. Salvation and healing. Why do we believe one and we doubt the other? But here it says in Matthew, Matthew 8, starting verse 16, When evening came, they brought it to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. This is important. Remember this. With a word, and healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet. He himself, here it is again, over and over again. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our sickness. You're starting to see it. You start to know it, but how do you do it? How do you take this to heart? Let me share it with you. It says in Psalm 107, and yet I've already given it to you. You probably didn't catch it like I missed it the first time. In Psalm 107, 
Then they cried, cried out to the Lord in their trouble, verse 13. He saved them of their distresses. They cried out. They were serious about their prayer. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of dead and broke their bands apart. Let them give thanks, start giving thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. When are you starting to say thanks? Now. Don't wait for the miracles. Start now. And it picks it up in verse 19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Cry out to God. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word. There it is again. And healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And when I was reading T.L. Osborne, he explained it so beautiful, who was he had a healing ministry for millions and what he said makes sense and it backs right the word of God back up right now because what he said was this he said we're used to confession we're used to say oh Lord I blew it I blew it I just really blew it while I was in Israel just less than a month ago I saw a man an Arabian man sitting by the Damascus port in Jerusalem with legs this huge. I'm not kidding. My non-believing sister says that moment, he won't live much more. I didn't want to be made fun of. I didn't want to be ridiculous. And I didn't want to be yelled at by the Arabian people. And I figured he did not know my language anyway. So instead of stepping into what God wanted to do that moment, I walked away. I felt horrible. I walked back later to see if he was there and he was not there and I've repented of there. I have repented of it and I've asked for God to show somewhere else to be that blessing for someone else. I've repented of it because it was wrong. But that is negative repenting. There is nothing wrong with negative repenting. We need to do that. But God wants us to do more. So if you're sick right now, if you're in that situation right now, I want you to do positive repenting. What is positive repenting? Positive repenting is to look up the promises of the Bible, the promises of God, His Word, or when He talks to you directly, and take it to heart. For example, let me go back to the psalm. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distress. And again in verse 20, He, he sent His Word and healed them. So when you start taking promises from God to heart for you as a person, not somebody else, but you yourself as a believer, and you believe the promises of God, the more you speak them, the more you have sheets in front of you of the promises of God, the more you start believing it, the more it takes seed into your heart, the more it takes seed into your heart. You know what will happen at that moment? It builds faith. It builds faith. It changes everything. You turn around. So yesterday I was in the mall. I walked up to this lady. I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. And she gave her whole thing. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. And yes, I got to pray for him. Why? Because when we stand in the word of God, when we believe his word, when we declare what he has already given us, Satan, no more stealing, killing, and destroying. I no longer accept those symptoms. I command you fever to leave. I will not believe it. Is it gone tomorrow? I don't care because God's word says it and it is going to leave. If it's going to be now or within seven years, I believe it. I stand for it. I'm thanking you for it. 
And that is for everything. And you start believing, you start confessing, you start taking the promises of God, and it all flips around. Why? Because it builds faith. It's so simple. How did I miss it? It is so simple. And it says right here, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith. How do you get faith? Positive confession. Where does positive confession come from? Declaring the word. Declaring the word takes seed in your heart. Do it over and over and over again. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. That includes you. Yay! Hallelujah! Jesus! He wants you to have that abundant life. And the Lord will raise him up. Does it say except for you? No, I'm not reading that at all. It includes you and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Repent where you've gone wrong. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Seems so simple. Does this work? Well, God's word says it does. It says it all over the Bible in the Old and in the New Testament. So can I say a prayer for you right now? If you are hurting right now with knee joints, if you're hurting right now with shoulders, and if you're hurting right now with a head injury, I'm asking you to stand up. Dear Lord God Almighty, I pray right now, Lord, let him go. Forgive him. Set him free. Deliver him. Take it all out in the name of Jesus. And I pray for full healing over their body. And I pray right now, Lord, for them to declare your word and thank you for it. You are healed by the blood of the Lamb because it's already paid for. You are healed by the King of Kings who already took care of your salvation and your healing over 2,000 years ago. Will you accept it? If symptoms come, send them away. If you're struggling, know that God is there. And do not quit declaring positive confession. Join us next week for another episode of The Real Deal. And know this, God is going to help you. I know somebody with a knee injury was just healed. I praise God's glory for you. Call us, 855-515-5550, or go to barbtv.org. I just recently found out that all his three children were kidnapped. Not just overnight, it took years. Do you still stay close to God, or do you start blaming Him, or how do you fight when you don't even know where they are? They, they look that they didn't find anything, and uh, I, I don't know how thorough they really looked. My life is discipling people, so uh, it, was, it was just new, my own daughters. I get the chance to disciple them. Are you able to forgive the aftermath or during? During. How were um, you able to do that? Uh, by the Holy Spirit, for sure. Yeah. Right.